0: Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's Thursday, February 8, 2024. We played uh, our interviews with Nick Bolton, Reshi Rice, Felix Anudike Uzama, and Kadarius Tony. Those will be available on, uh, on the 810 podcast page later on today, won't they, Jake, if people want to hear them? Absolutely. Hey, thanks. Absolutely. Uh, now we're joined by Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, Live from Las Vegas. Jesse, good morning. How are you?
1: Morning, guys. How you doing?
0: Uh, Jesse, I know that uh, you're great at getting your own content. You don't need help from us, but uh, we give you permission. Would you like to write an article about our Cordarius Tony interview? Uh,
1: yeah, Jake was telling me all about it. Um, I got my own Carderious Tony interview that I wrote about. Oh really? Um, I, I appreciate your help. You but,
0: don't want to write uh, about ours though,
2: bragger.
1: Yeah, well, I guess mine had a few more words with it, uh-huh. um, but not, but not many. So um, what you're saying is, is I think, what
0: you're saying is you're good. Well, let's I'm just, good. yeah, let's just, you know what, before you, you know, before you just write us off totally, why don't you, why don't you at least listen to it, Jesse, to see if there's okay. anything you can mine from it, uh, perhaps maybe to add uh, to your article, uh, Jake, play it please. All right, thanks for the time, man. Hey, congratulations on getting back to the Super Bowl. First of all, everybody
2: wants to know how you're feeling right now uh, as you try to get ready for this game. I'm good. You uh, you back in practice full time and full go and all that. Uh, yeah. All right. So, how excited are you for the chance to get to get on the field again, especially knowing what you went through last year?
0: I'm good. All right, man. Well, good luck on Sunday. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What do you think, Jesse? Good job stepping in, Stephen. Good job stepping in. Yeah. That's like the middle lane there. That's exactly
0: right. That's exactly right. And I had told, because, you know, as you can hear, I've been struggling with my voice and so we did like eight interviews after the four hour show yesterday. So it was I was I was hanging on by a thread, and so we were alternating. He started the interview, and I told him, "I said, give me like a minute or two, ask a couple of questions, and then you know, spraying honey into my throat, and then I'll I'll, I'll follow up." That that opportunity never happened, uh, Jesse. We called that one uh, less than a minute. So that's right. I stepped in and stopped the fight. So that was it.
2: <laughs> I feel like you know. I feel like I was. I should have been given a, you know, a chance to get back up on my feet. Really? Yeah. I, my corner should not have thrown in the towel yet. Yeah. Well, I had all kinds of other questions. It was, I was a quick, to yeah,
0: and all, all, all kinds of questions that were not going to be answered. So <laughs> <laughs> we had to clear the phone line for someone else. So it ended up working out. So, okay, I get, well, it, we'll take this opportunity of uh, not only to have fun, but then ask a real question. I saw Richie James... Give a really kind of funny reaction when somebody asked him if he was going to be the returner for the game, and he kind of gave him the side eye, like, "Why would not I be the returner?" <laughs> and I think it might have been Aaron Ladd. He said, "Well, you know, talking about Kadarius Tony maybe coming back there." He kind of looked at him. And said, I mean, yeah, he, he i mean, he's—he's he's good too, but I mean, I've, I've been returning. I don't, you know. So he, he almost seemed perplexed that it was a question. So I'll ask you. Is, is I mean, I would be – I know there's a lot of people that are that, that don't want to see him get an opportunity. Do you think there's a chance we see Kadarius Tony in any capacity in this game?
1: Well, I think I've been the one with you guys that sort of beat the drum that if you're going to play him, I'd play him as punt returner and I wouldn't let him be a receiver. And so it's sort of, I think, us trying to envision something that makes sense for him. I mean, when they've thrown him the ball – He's kind of thrown to the other team, you know, <laughs> and he's been yes. um, unreliable in that regard, and it's the Super Bowl now. And last year, uh, it's true, like, he had the longest part return in Super Bowl history. And I remember posting some clips on Twitter earlier this year of, like, the long snapper uh, in one of the games, you know, long snapping, and, and you're not the most athletic guy on the field, you know, you're kind of out there to... to you know, tuck the ball between your legs and make it accurate. But he was running down to guard Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony kind of breaks left and then moves right. And the guy looked like me trying to tackle an NFL player. I mean, he missed Kadarius Tony by 10 yards running by him and, like, didn't even turn around to, like, attempt to put an arm up because it's just – he made him look so silly. And it's, it's such a special skill set, especially in, in that sort of tight quarters that, like – Again, if you're trying to invent a scenario for Kadarius Tony to be a hero in a game like this again, it really to me comes on punt return, and it allows you to not have him have the sort of thing on offense that we saw against New England, where Patrick Mahomes threw it, hit him in the hands, and he threw it, you know, to the other team like he did earlier. So, um, I think all of this is just—it's sort of confusing because. After the first Instagram video came out, I know you guys were talking about it with Garrick and Sherman, and they come at it with, from a player perspective, and you guys asked them what they should do with him, and they said they should cut him. And I think a lot of teams in the NFL at this point would have just sort of given up and said enough is enough. The team's in the Super Bowl. The vibes are good. Everybody seems happy. Everybody seems to be pulling for each other, and they have got this guy who's sort of on his own doing his own thing. And so the fact that they've stuck with him, they've been loyal. Any reach to a fault, has been loyal in his career. Like, if they stick with him and he's still on the team and he's traveling and he's talking to media members and you're subjecting him to all this and you're subjecting yourself to all this, what's the end payoff? And I know he's got another year in his rookie contract. Maybe you just give him a fresh start next year. But if you're going to imagine something in the Super Bowl, all I think you can imagine is punt returns. So I can see why Richie James would say, look, I've been just fine in that role. So leave my role alone, that sort of thing. But – You know, Kadarius does give you a different dynamic in that. And so, um, potentially, probably it's not going to happen. But if there was a scenario for it to happen, it seems like that's the most likely thing. As you elevate him and you say, it doesn't matter if you get hurt back there and not worried about, you know, the physical nature of it and potentially get beat up because right now that's the only way you're potentially helping this team.
2: They can't have this guy active on game day, can they?
1: They can't Uh, have him active on Super
2: Bowl Sunday.
1: It doesn't seem like it, guys. But I again i mean you know you were talking about your interaction with him there i I walked up on opening night and um there was a guy from the new york post who was there who actually knew him from before covered him from before and who we had a history with and um you know you guys this exchange was more short um the exchange there was more terse i mean I, i walked in and they were asking about how healthy he was and he was talking about how he had cleared it up on instagram didn't know why they were asking the question he wasn't here to answer those questions and then you know, he kind of snapped his head and turned toward me and goes, what's your question? Kind of like, whoa, wait, I just got here, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, and so it's was. it, it it's been interesting with him here because, guys, yeah, it's, it's just, like I said, I mean, it's just a different vibe. You're in the Super Bowl, you know? You, you made your second straight one. Um, everybody here is kind of pulling for each other. Um, Travis Kelsey, very publicly, said they still wrap their arms around to Darius and say, hey, whatever's happening outside the building, I don't care about. Everybody's teammates here, but. It just – it's not its not really the vibe from him. And, and it, it comes and goes. Look, he had better interviews. I saw better interviews from him on television. So um, it is a different thing. But I think the fact that, yeah, we've, we've spent whatever, 10 minutes now here, and the a couple days before the Super Bowl talking about this guy instead of talking about the Chiefs' chances to go back-to-back and, you know, could there be a dynasty and how long can this run go? I mean, I think that speaks right there to uh, potentially what the Chiefs don't want is for this guy to get in the way – and be a distraction of potentially something very special happening on Sunday.
0: So let's talk about what's going to happen on Sunday. Um, I, uh, man, I hate to sound overconfident, but I just feel, I mean, I, I was nervous before the Bills game. I was less nervous before the Ravens game. I mean, I know I'm not playing, but I got no nerves. I just feel like the Chiefs flat out are a better football team than the 49ers. The Chiefs defense is better than the Niners defense. They have the better quarterback. They have better head coach. Uh, you know Spags deserves his own category there. I mean, he's he's the best coordinator out of the, the, out of all the coordinators. And and the Chiefs, I think, are the hot team right now. I've, I've seen a lot of vulnerability from the Niners. They played lesser opponents in the postseason, and I think the Chiefs just they're they're not. I mean, with the way Mahomes was playing, mistake free football they're not going to get beat by this team on Sunday um, where are you at right now with confidence level of what you're going to see from the Chiefs uh, against the 49ers
1: yeah I mean I think you make a really good point Stephen I, I don't think I'm I'm at that confidence level of it um, you know simply because of what you said the Chiefs are definitely the hot team here and what we've seen from them the previous few weeks it's hard to not just say hey why would this not continue you know why would Patrick Holmes continued to not be, to just be, you know, the peak level of the form he's ever shown. And he's already the best quarterback in NFL history or, or, or trending that way in a hurry. Um, you know, why wouldn't Steve Sagnol come up with a great game plan sort of like he did with the seven giants when he, they took down, you know, the monsters of the NFL and, and, you know, carved a path to a super bowl that people didn't expect, um, you know, why wouldn't this defense continue playing at the level that they have and doing the things that they've been doing, um, I think the question here, and why this line is what it is, is just the regular season, right? I mean, over the course of the year, I don't think there's any doubt that the 49ers were better than the Chiefs. I think we all would admit that. And there were times throughout this year, most of the year, when we were talking about what's wrong with these Chiefs, why can't this offense do what it did in the past, you know, what's going on, Um, can they fix this, do they need more playmakers, what's going to happen in the next year's draft to fix this, can they just not succeed as a – as a defense-first team, because um, before then, you know, they, they, these two sides were kind of trying to one-up each other, and, and as you said, Stephen, the offense was turning the ball over so much, but I think sort of what crystallizes for me, um, Aaron Schatz had, a, had an interesting article, um, and I think I might have mentioned it last week to you guys, but um, you know, he runs DVOA, which is the advanced side I always talk to you guys about. He takes every play and, and tries to kind of um, look at that, schedule, adjust that, and show how good you are, and he had an article come out last week about how good each Super Bowl winner was compared to the others. You know, according to his ranking, comparing them to their own era, how good we, is each Super Bowl team, all 57, when really he ranked them. You know what I mean? Um, and so I was looking at the numbers that he has this year for DVOA and figured, okay, where would the 49ers be if they win? And where would the Chiefs be if they win in terms of Super Bowl winners ever? And again, let takes take into account regular season and postseason, and. Um, I looked at 49ers, they about 13th. Overall, they'd be about the 13th best Super Bowl winner of all time because they've been really good throughout the regular season, and they were dominant at times through the regular season and were good offensively and defensively. And the Chiefs ended up about 50th overall. So that's what we're talking about here. I mean, we're talking about if the Chiefs win, they'd be about the 50th best Super Bowl champion, according to advanced numbers, and 49ers would be about the 13th best. So that's a lot of ground to make up to have this be a – two-point underdog for the Chiefs, Mahomes, Andy Reid, but again, again, that's doing a lot of legwork here. Patrick Mahomes being nearly perfect last three weeks and people expecting that to happen again, that's doing a lot of legwork. And Steve Sagnolo in the game plan he comes, with, comes up with, that's doing a lot of legwork here. So, um, It's still to me, too, the one thing that keeps popping back in my head is just sort of game flow and how things sort of flowed for the Chiefs, especially last week in the Ravens where they gave up on the run. It went in there favor in their direction they were able to get those turnovers the 49ers I think will remain more patient with the run game and that is just a big question the Chiefs have to answer can they stop an effective run game when they've struggled with doing that the whole season especially if things are 0-0 or 7-0 49ers or 10-0 or 10-7 the Chiefs really have not been put in that scenario this year where a team has just continued continued to have an effective run game go against them um, here late in the season, in the postseason, and they've had to get the stuff and they've had to get the other team off the field, and they've come through and done that. So uh, that will be kind of one of the big keys, I think, is the 49 I think, are going to stick with it. They saw last week how bad things went for the Ravens, and uh, can the Chiefs step up and, and do something they haven't done effectively all year, uh, at least if you look at the season-long numbers, uh, that will be a big key into whether they're going to win Super 58 or not.
2: One of the things they obviously did against the Ravens was commit to stopping the run early in the game. Do you do you mm-hmm. think that's the same thing here, where even though the the Niners have these weapons in the pass game as well, are they going to prioritize stopping the run first and foremost in this game?
1: You would think so. And again, that's where sort of the Stags game thing comes into effect here. It's like, does he just have this magical power in the postseason? And I think... The evidence would point to yes at this point. Um, I mentioned those Giants that took down the undefeated Patriots. And, you know, talking to Shots a couple weeks ago, the Chiefs have – if they win the Super Bowl, they will have had the un, most unlikely pass to the Super Bowl of an average Super Bowl team in NFL history because they faced some, some big-time teams here and, and some tough locations here uh, on the road the last two and the 49ers are a really, really good offense. I mean, they are. They're right now in DVOA, they're number one, and uh, the run game is great. And we know that Brock Purdy in the pass game has come through, too, with all the weapons they have out there with Kittle, IU, you know, Samuel, all those guys. So, uh, yeah, I do think so. It's just it, it's sort of strategic for the Chiefs. You know, part of what they want to do is they they have physical guys back there, and they have guys who can, you know what I mean, like Justin Reed, you think immediately, Trent McDuffie. But Jerry Sneed, so much of this comes back to physicality and getting those guys on the ground if your numbers in the box just aren't that heavy. You know what I mean? But the problem becomes, yeah, if, if this thing could feed on itself potentially. Like, I mean, I remember remembering the Eagles game last year, how many of those long eight-, nine-, ten-minute drives in the Super Bowl last year the Eagles have, but just continually churned, and all of a sudden you're looking up, and I know that was a different Chiefs defense, obviously, but but the Chiefs defense is gassed, and, and they haven't had to be gassed this postseason, especially the Ravens game, because the Chiefs were the ones that were on the field forever, and they were the ones that defensively weren't having that many plays. So, um, yeah, I think they will commit to it. It's just it's sort of strategic for the Chiefs to to be able to stop the pass as well as they do, to be able to not commit as much to the run and, and have physical guys make tackles. But if those physical guys make tackles seven, eight yards down the field, it doesn't do you as much good, and then all of a sudden you're sort of opening yourself up to everything else that could happen. So that, to me, is just the biggest thing. I I, I think we all basically can look back now and say, even when the Ravens were down 10 points at a time, they just come out and try to run the ball in the second half, and they didn't. They panicked. I, I just don't think we'll see that from the 49ers, and so uh, that really is the potential for this, to get away from the Chiefs in that particular aspect, but it's a Super Bowl, and like, like I said, the Chiefs have come up with really good game fans before, and it'd it's be pretty um, it'd be pretty out of character for them to have something completely dominate them at this point in the schedule, but it's at least there. It's a strength versus a weakness, and it's something we can't ignore going into this big matchup on Sunday.
0: Okay, so how, how would you describe uh, the two offensive lines uh, that we'll see on, on Sunday? Because I think ultimately that's going to be a huge key because if the Chiefs' offensive line can protect Mahomes – I think he shreds the Niners secondary. And I have questions as to whether or not the 49ers offensive line can protect Brock Purdy. Uh, and I do think that uh, Spags and his assortment of blitzes are going to affect him. And I think they had trouble against the, the Packers and the Lions. And the, and the difference is the Chiefs' secondary is, is so much better than those two teams. So that's another element that the Niners have to deal with. What about these two offensive lines and their ability to hold up against the defense?
1: Yeah, so and that's really where the scheme of this whole thing comes into play, too, right? Um, you know, Trent Williams on the left side, I mean, he's a monster. you know And that's, if you're talking about, like, how could the 49ers have success and have sustained success? I mean, they've done that all year. They've run left and they've run outside zone left, and the Chiefs have had some issues with outside zone runs and that sort of thing. And so both teams are going to try to play their strengths here. I mean, obviously, you run behind the road grader. You run behind the guy who is so effective in the run game. I mean, remember back a few years ago, the Chiefs were interested in Trent Williams, you know, kind of to surprise a lot of people to potentially, you know, come in and solidify that, that left tackle spot. But um, he is who he is for a reason. The other side of that is, you know, Chris Jones has a lot of success picking on the weak guy. And when it comes to pass. Uh, attempts, You know what I mean? And, and 49ers still have weak dudes out there. So we hear Stag talk about it all the time. Can you get a team into a predictable passing situation? If that happens, advantage is But if it doesn't happen, it, that's kind of advantage 49ers, right? Like they can continue to run left where they want to and, and have their one guy out front block for their really, really talented running back. Uh, the other question with blitzes is simply this. Um, how big of a factor is McCaffrey in that? You know, um so many teams, when that happens, you get a panic. We saw from Lamar a couple weeks ago, you know, like he throws in the coverage. He doesn't understand what he's seeing. But can can the 49ers counter that with just check downs? Can, can they just throw it to one of their best players, McCaffrey, and have him uh, go make a play and, and, and make a move and, and break things out in the open, and all of a sudden you've got things cooking uh, when the Chiefs are trying to do creative things that have worked against so many other teams in the NFL. Um, as far as the Chiefs offensive line goes, I mean, it's it's doesn't look like Joe Tooney's going to play. Um, That's a big loss. You can't understate that. I mean, the guy's an all-pro. He's been that for the last few years. Nick Allegretti is a great backup to have, um, and yet he did struggle at times against the Ravens. You know what I mean? He's a backup. Um, The Chiefs have to like that they have him and that they're not down to their second and third and fourth guy on that list. They're only down one guy, basically, but uh, that could definitely hurt. Um, And so uh, for the Chiefs, I I don't – who knows how much running will factor in? I know that the 49ers have struggled in short yardage stopping runs and the Chiefs obviously have been very good after a slow start in short yardage runs. So that could play a part in here. These third down runs that for the early part of the season were so tough for the Chiefs. They should be successful against this particular 49ers defense in the run game. But I'm with you, Stephen. I mean, the hope for the Chiefs here is Patrick Mahomes and the pass game and him carving them up and him not making mistakes and him being at the peak of his powers, as he has been in so many of these other big games that we've seen him, and that's going to rely on the offensive line holding up and definitely not, you know, reliving nightmares of what we saw from uh, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl against the, the Tampa Bay Bucks here a few years back. So I think they'll be fine. I, I don't think it's as good as it could be, obviously, if they were fully healthy, but uh, both these lines will play a huge part, and uh, especially the 49ers, if they can, as I mentioned before, you know, if they can get things going in the ground game and not be as predictable and force the Chiefs into. Personnel packages, heavier ones, where they can't get a bunch of DBs on the field and force them into a bigger body type of game. Then I do like their chances, especially better than what the Ravens were able to do when they were they let the Chiefs do exactly what they wanted on defense, dictate things, for safeties out there, throw cornerbacks out there, and that really plays into the Chiefs' game.
0: Hey Jesse, you have time to do another segment with us.
1: Absolutely,
0: guys. All right, uh, put I'm you on hold. Thank you very much. Uh, much like Kadarius Tony, uh, Jesse Newell is good. I'm good. So we will. Uh, you're gonna have to stop. Yeah, you have to stop it.
1: Wow. You asked him if you. It's catching to do me off second? guard.
0: You know, I'm not prepared. Do you have to stop?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Backhead. I'm good. You son of bitch a... Back this on WHB. EB was a was a special coach here for uh, for a long long time, man. And I um he's like a he's like my uncle or a, a father figure in the football world for me. And um, everybody knows how fired up he can get. And I I'm, I definitely share that same passion to to come into work every single day and to play this game. And. Um, one of my favorite coaches of all time. So I think uh, the biggest thing that, that we could take away from who he was as a, as a player, as a, as a coach, is just his passion and his desire to, to be ready for every single uh, scenario out there on the field. His, his football awareness and his understanding of the game um, was second to none when it comes to football. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for the best for him uh, coming up in, in his uh, near coaching career. But um, I think uh, who he is as a person is always going to go with me in life. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Let's rejoin Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star, who is live in Las Vegas. Jesse, did you get a chance to watch Billy Joel's performance uh, at the Grammys?
1: Uh, just snippets, bits and pieces of it, um, but not the whole thing. Yeah, we were flying to Vegas uh, when that whole thing happened, and we uh, Give me the report. Good,
0: very good. He uh, he performed his new song, and I like it. You know, it's it's uh, it sounds like it sounds like a, a, an, old, a an old Billy Joel song, uh, but I was interested because they told the story of this uh, you know this 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 young producer songwriter that that wanted to meet Billy Joel and convince him to to do a new song. Uh, and, and Billy didn't want to do it, so they kind of went into the backstores. It was really interesting. But then I'm like, man, it's the end of the show. I waited. I mean, he didn't play until, like, after 10.30 Central, and I waited this whole time. Said, let said, let him play one of his hits. Let him play one of his hits. And so he he performed his new song. Then they, I think, then they gave out Album of the Year, and so then they came back, and, they said, and now to close the show, Billy Joel, and he played uh, You May Be Right. And so I said, oh, you know, as the credits, but they let him, they, he did the whole song and everyone in the crowd was, you know, dancing. okay, there we go. And love so it. I, I, I love, I, I'm glad that you played his new song, but I love the fact that they let him close the show with one of his classics. So uh, double thumbs up for me. Yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was terrific.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know. Yeah, appreciation for that song, too. I'm sure uh, people were, uh, like you said, dancing, loving it. And, uh, you know, even if you don't know all the words, you know most of them. That's right. i heard that song enough. So it's, it's a
0: good one. Great song. Okay, so uh, the last time the Chiefs played the 49ers in the Super Bowl, I was, uh, you know, strutting around uh, Miami telling anyone that would, that would listen, look, these teams are evenly matched. It's going to be a good game. But the bottom line is this. In the fourth quarter – Patrick Mahomes will make the plays necessary to win, and Jimmy Garoppolo won't. And I know that's that's oversimplifying things, but hey, Mahomes made the throws necessary, Garoppolo didn't, and that ultimately was the difference in the game. Is it dangerous? Is it wrong to want to kind of lean that way again? I know that Brock Purdy has put up better numbers than Garoppolo, but I don't know, and he's done it in the the playoffs so far, in, in having to come back, but I I don't I don't know what Brock Purdy is going to do in the fourth quarter of a close game and I just feel like again maybe oversimplifying things if it's a close game in the fourth quarter give me Mahomes over Brock Purdy and I I feel real good about winning. Uh w- what do you say to that?
1: Well, it's interesting um that you say that because I uh, you think back to the 2019 Super Bowl when the Chiefs won that and obviously one of the biggest plays to me is that deep down field throw that Garoppolo didn't make. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's where the 49ers are in a better position because if that whole game played out the exact same way and Garoppolo makes that throw, you know, it would have been interesting. You know, what would happen? I, I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs obviously would have had a chance to come back, uh, even if the 49ers had scored there. But um, it would have changed the complexion of the game. It feels like Brock Purdy – there are times he gets cold. You know what I mean? There are times right. where things don't look right. But I think he can make that throw. You know what I'm saying? Like, it always sort of comes back to, like, what's he doing? Is this is, is this for happening? And it's like, boom, he's back. And it's like, oh, okay, where was that guy at? Well, man, here he is. He's showing up again. So I feel like the 49 have to feel better about that particular aspect where it's, it's not as much covering up a weakness at that position. It's just sort of – not knowing when it's going to turn on, but sort of knowing it's going to turn on. You know what I mean? Like maybe my old '86 Buick Century that I drove, you know, to high school. It's like, wow. I, I know it's going to get me there at some point, but uh, I don't know when this thing is going to turn over. I know it will eventually. Um, so that's the first part of this. And then it's interesting for me to hear you say that about Mahomes and the confidence you have in him in the fourth quarter especially, because that's how I think most people felt in the last year's Super Bowl. It's like, hey, Defense was struggling against the Eagles, but like Mahomes just kept bringing them back, and he just was playing at such a high level, and this was like they, they overcame that deficit. I, I feel like the confidence has to be high in Mahomes right now because of what he's done, what he's shown these last three weeks have been three of his best weeks of the season, and it's obvious right now that it, it sure seems like the big light sees at his very best, and this is the biggest of life, but like as far as the fourth quarter comeback goes. I'm trying to rack my brain for how many they had this year. Um, I think it was one, right? Did, did they come back one time this year in the fourth quarter? So I don't I don't know that that is where my confidence would be with Mahomes this year because they just haven't done that as much. Last year it felt like – I just remember watching Mahomes last year, it's like, a team it's almost like a 13 seconds game where it's like, oh, my God, you're giving Mahomes 13 seconds, what are you doing? Like, there was always this sort of crazy bravado thought that, like, if you give the Chiefs any time at all, they're going to come back and score. I don't, I don't feel that with these Chiefs. I feel they're more complimentary. I feel very good about Mahomes. But I, I don't feel that, like, you guys ask this question, like, hey, up three without the ball two minutes left or down three with the ball two minutes left, which would you prefer? This year, I prefer the Chiefs' defense to be on the field, and so um, we'll see. I mean, anything can change in one game. We've seen that these past few games. The Chiefs have played above their previous season level for each of these last three games, and it's landed them in the Super Bowl. But I guess right now, my confidence would not be highest in Mahomes leading a comeback because the Chiefs have not shown that as much this year. It would just be high in the home because so far, this is early in these games. He has been lights out. He's put a lot of pressure on the other defenses or the other team's offenses to come back in these games. If that happens again Sunday, the Chiefs have a great chance of coming up uh, with another Super Bowl win, and again starting this dynasty talk that we're going to have to talk about if they're able to win back-to-back Super Bowls.
0: I, I just feel like we're dealing with playoff Mahomes now and playoff Kelsey, and I, I mean I don't throw everything out from the regular season, but I it's, I, I think we're just dealing with. Uh, a different animal right now. what we're watching, and he, he's just, he's just played such a mistake-free football. And also, I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that the Chiefs are going to be up in the fourth quarter, and it's going to be on right. the 49ers to come back because I think the Chiefs, we, I mean, they're going to jump on him. Um, I think it could end up being similar to what happened with the Chiefs and the Ravens where the Chiefs land the first punch and it's going to be up to the 49ers to try to answer. Um, and they might be just you know just chasing maybe one score behind the whole game. We'll see if it plays out, but that's just what my gut tells me. Okay, so of, of, we'll take McCaffrey out of it because he's, he's different. But of the three main pass receivers for the 49ers, between Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo Samuel, who do you think is the guy that, that is going to give the Chiefs most trouble on Sunday?
1: Man, that's a that's a good question. And, and the fact that you can go to three of them, right? Uh, probably tells you uh, that's pretty difficult uh, when you face a particular team. You know, I, I think Ayuk has been a guy kind of historically that's been underrated a little bit um, because he hasn't had the you know the typical wide receiver one production, but you know going back and you know, even going back to like things at the NFL Draft, when I was kind of reading back through my notes, I can't remember who said it, but you know, some of the things that the Chiefs really liked about Rasheed Wright, they were comparing him a lot to some of these San Francisco receivers, and what they wanted potentially him to give them, you know, some yards after catch ability, and obviously he turned out great uh, for the Chiefs and, and filled a role for them that they really needed, but um, you know. Really a good point. I would say IU, uh, just because I, I think his numbers don't shine as much as you would expect because of the role they have on the offense, but they have other dudes. And, again, this is not just them being the Bills and dropping back all the time or being Miami and dropping back all the time. And His numbers would shoot up, I think, uh, if you saw that from an offense. and Maybe they will in the future when he gets the free agency. But I would go with him first and uh, just the potential that he has. Obviously, Kittle is Kittle, and he's been pretty productive here over the last few. And then Debo, they do and use him in different ways. You know that we, we know exactly uh, kind of the, the role that he has. Um, you know, <laughs> the mccall Hardman role, only doing much much more of that stuff and doing it more effectively than you know what especially as I'm with the Chiefs this year. So I stick with Ayuk. Um, but uh, once again, for the Chiefs. You know, you hear this. i have talking to Justin Reed here at the Super Bowl, and, and you hear him repeat this, and, and you know this is what they're thinking is they think they're in control of, of themselves. You know what I mean? Like, what has got them to this point? What helped them shut down the Miami twice? And what helped them shut down the Ravens? And what helped them shut down all these number one receivers? You know, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. It's them doing them. It's, it's them focusing on their techniques, their keys, their eyes. And so, if you think about it in those terms, really, Ayuk is just part of the, the machinery here. You know what I mean? It's part of what the 49ers present that is a challenge, but it's the same sort of thing the Chiefs have shut down as a whole with their pass defense throughout the course of this season. And so, um, they do some creative things. They do some things that are a little bit wacky. They, you know, Steve, I know, talked about, hey, they can get really creative because they have very cerebral players in there that This safety can drop down and play corner, this corner can play linebacker, this linebacker can play safety if he needs to, all those sorts of things. So the Chiefs sort of just need to be them. Um, It's going to be a difficult challenge, but the Ravens were a difficult challenge. The Bills were, too. The Miami was. So uh, it's just the latest of of what the Chiefs need to do to show that they really did transform into a top-five-ish defense in the NFL this year. Um, The challenge is difficult this year, especially with the 49ers running game, especially with all these weapons, but it remains much of the same what they faced this season and, again, exceeded against this season as they've made this kind of magical run throughout the postseason.
2: All right, so, Jesse, I know you do your official prediction later, but uh, give us a primer here. Where where are we leaning? What are we thinking?
1: Yeah, guys, um, you know, I – I very famously now, I, I picked the Chiefs against the Bills, and it feels like every time that I hear a Chiefs player, Drew Tranquil, Justin Reed, when I'm standing around saying nobody's believed in us, you know, when they, when they say that to reporters against the Bills, they're not looking at me, but they could be, you know what I mean? <laughs> because uh, I, I was the guy that thought the Bills would win that game, and, and the Chiefs obviously came out of the lawn, So I told you guys, I think the next week, I said, uh, I'm done. I'm done picking against Mahomes and this Chiefs team, and so – Last week I picked the Chiefs over the Ravens. It was right. And uh, I, it, overall, I, I do think so much of it is dictated on game flow. And I could definitely see this going a lot of different ways. And we have not seen the Chiefs have to try to come back. We have not seen, you know, I, I don't mean to put shutters through cents minds, but, like, we all have seen that CBS camera angle with Mahomes chewing on his mouth going on the sideline because the other team has had that seven, eight, nine-minute drive and, and the defense can't get off the field. And, and that is a real possibility for this Chiefs game, if the 49 ground ground game gets going and the Chiefs get behind and you all of a sudden start to, to, to get antsy a little bit to make sure you match every single score, it's not a position the Chiefs have been this postseason, and that's been part of their success. But in the end, I, your quarterback play, good offense beats good defense, and your quarterback play is so, so important. And I'm with you guys. I would trust Mahomes more than I would trust Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy could make a mistake, and so far this postseason, Mahomes has made no mistake. So, if this game flow stays somewhere in the middle and the Chiefs do somewhat of a decent job of stopping the run against the 49ers, I think we get this one in the end. So, uh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs here. It's a early primer on what's coming this weekend, but uh, I think the Chiefs take this second straight Super Bowl. And we'll remember, this particular Super Bowl we'll run if that happens and the path that they took for a long, long time, and it will only add potentially to this Chief's legacy and perhaps for Patrick Mahomes' legacy, what he's able to do when the circumstances are not perfect.
0: Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. Thank you so much for the time. We'll talk to you next week and enjoy Vegas and have a safe trip home, my man. Oh, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. That's uh, Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. We'll be right back after this on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We just have a couple of minutes, which is just enough time to play Nate's conversation with Kadarius Tony. Gabe, you're going to hear this one Gabe, you are definitely going to hear this one This is, can't miss stuff For any cheese fan As again, I was preparing my voice To answer some, uh, ask some follow-up questions Because I was struggling yesterday after the show And I'm struggling now But uh, I said, hey Nate, ask a question or two And then I'll jump in Well, sometimes those opportunities never happen And so here is uh, our conversation With Kadarius Tony yesterday
2: all right, thanks for the time, man. Hey, congratulations on getting back to the Super Bowl. First of all, everybody wants to know how you're feeling right now uh, as you try to get ready for this game. I'm good. You uh, you back in practice full time and full go and all that?
0: Uh, yeah.
2: All right, so how excited are you for the chance to get, to get on the field again, especially knowing what
0: you went through last year? I'm good. All right, man. Well, good luck on Sunday. We appreciate it. Yeah. We'll have complete reaction to that interview after this on Sports Radio (laughs) 810
1: WHB. I'm good.
0: I'm good. Uh, yeah.